0: with the constant rush of wind and running water, the scampering of feet over and under the snow, the call of predators, and the cries of prey. Right now, though, Tom could swear even the wind had stopped. And if you've been out here long enough, you know this, too, that true silence means only one thing—trouble. Tom lowered his pack to the ground and lifted his rifle— gripping it with both hands like a samurai with his sword. Not that Tom fooled himself into thinking a gun made him a warrior. Out here, he was just another predator, and a pitiful one at that. When a shadow rippled between the trees, he held perfectly still and tracked it by pivoting slowly, his rifle rising a few more inches. The two worst mistakes you could make in the forest were complacency and panic. As hard as he looked, though, he caught only a glimpse of a big shape, hunched onto all fours. Then it was gone. A bear? They rarely bothered with humans outside of cub season. And when bears took off, they made a hell of a racket, especially when they had just come out of hibernation. Tom hadn't heard a thing. The hair on his neck rose as old stories and legends crept through his mind. There were parts of this forest you couldn't pay some of the Inuit elders to hunt in. This was Igerot territory, they'd say. The hunting grounds of shapeshifters who took the form of wolf and bear and protected their land against all comers. Tales for children, Tom told himself. Old men trying to frighten the young. He took a step, his boots crunching in the snow, a shape moved in the trees, closer now, and Tom brought his rifle all the way to his shoulder, gloved finger to the trigger. Clouds slid over the moon and the forest went black. A twig cracked to his left, and Tom swore he felt hot breath on the back of his neck. When he spun, nothing was there. He took one hand off the rifle and fumbled in his pocket for the flashlight. It caught in the folds, and when he wrenched, it flew out and sailed into the surrounding darkness. The brush crackled to his right now. He spun again, finger still on the trigger, and this time he saw a faint shape. He was about to fire when he thought of Danny Royce, another trapper. Danny had been spooked by shadows in this same valley just last summer, and he'd fired his gun— Only to find that he'd shot some kid, a wild haired teen, probably a hiker or camper. Danny had buried the body, and no one ever found it. But Danny hadn't been the same since not sleeping, drinking too much, and talking too much, blabbing his story to Tom like a sinner at confession, swearing the boy's ghost was stalking him. Tom knew the only thing stalking Danny Royce was guilt. But still, the story kept him from pulling the trigger. The shape had vanished. Tom held his breath, scanning the woods for any change in the shadows. Then he saw it. At least twenty feet away now, a huge shape between two trees. The cloud cover thinned enough for the moon to glimmer through, and he could see the shape. Too pale for a bear. Tom hunkered down as slowly as he could, and with his free hand, he began feeling around for the flashlight. He allowed himself one glance at the ground and saw it there, dark against the snow. He scooped it up. His finger found the switch. The click sounded harsh against the silence. Nothing happened. He whacked the flashlight against his thigh and tried again. Nothing. Something landed on his back hitting him so hard that at first he thought he'd been shot. He lost his grip on the rifle. A blast of hot breath seared his neck, and a weight pinned him to the snow. As the thing flipped him over, the flashlight bounced off a tree and flicked on, just when fangs tore into his throat. Tom caught a glimpse of light fur and glittering blue eyes, and his last thought was, "'That's not one of my wolves.' message. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped.